Then they opened their treasures. You ever wondered who they were? These random three guys showing up to the place where Jesus, Joseph, and Mary are, knocking on the door and saying, hey guys, you mind if we come in for a second? We were over on the east side, saw this star, decided to follow it, and lo and behold, it brought us here. Mind if we hang out for a little while with you guys? I can only imagine what Joseph and Mary were thinking. Familiarity with this gospel may sometimes lead us from really grasping some of the interesting and profound aspects of it. Who are these three men? First, there's a little confusion about their identity. Are they wise men? Are they magi? Are they kings? Which one are they? Who are these figures in this most marvelous account? If you go back and take a look at the gospel that we just heard from St. Matthew, nowhere will you find where St. Matthew calls them kings. He calls them, depending on the translation you read, magi is the one that's most prominent. And who are magi? Magi were these members of like a priestly society. They were of the priestly caste from where we would now call Asia. Literally, they were from Midian and Persia, but that doesn't make sense to us now because we don't have places like that. But around Asia. And their role as priests were like this. They were to advise the king and to counsel him. And if he had any crazy dreams, they would try to interpret the dreams for him. And so they were philosophers, astrologers, astronomers. And so insofar as they played somewhat of a prophetic role, right, a role to advise and to counsel the king, they were known for their wisdom. So hence we have the name Magi, and hence we have the name Wise Men. But where do we get the title, The Three Kings? Well, we find our answers when we look back to the prophecies of the Old Testament, where the New Testament lies hidden. Which, not coincidentally, the church places, guess what? As our first reading and our responsorial psalm. In the responsorial psalm we just heard, Psalm 72, we hear these words. O God, with your judgment endow the king, and with your justice the king's son. The kings of Tarshish and the isle shall offer gifts. The kings of Arabia and Seba shall bring tribute. All kings shall pay him homage. All nations shall serve him. And then in Isaiah 60, we hear this. Nations shall walk by your light, and kings by your shining radiance. Think of the stars. The wealth of nations shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels shall fill you. Dromedaries from Midian and Ephah all from Sheba shall come bearing gold and frankincense. And so many, many, many years before the birth of Jesus, we have prophecies that kings will come from afar and offer gifts. But the scriptures don't just say gifts alone. They specify frankincense and gold. They offer gifts to Christ to the Messiah, to this king who will reign over the new Jerusalem, who will be the new David, yet greater than David. 
Because you see, not only will Israel bow down to him as their king, but every person on earth, all nations will come before him and serve him. All nations will proclaim him as king. The whole world will adore him. So what is so spectacular, spectacular is that all the prophecies of the Old Testament that say all the nations will serve him, all the people will adore him, everyone from the ends of the earth will come before him and drop their knees before him, begins to be fulfilled right now. It begins at the very birth of Jesus. You see, the kings, wise men, magi, whatever you will, you see, they're like the first representatives of all the nations. They're the first ones who will hear the call to come and bow down before the king, to bow, bow down before the savior of the world. See, at the very birth of Jesus, he's already to beginning, he's already beginning to draw everyone to himself. Then they open their treasures. Upon arriving at such a place that lacks the luxury and the brilliance of a place fit for stardom, they humbly present themselves, enter into this dirty place yet sacred place. And they are truly starstruck at what they see. Not the constellation, but at the child. The child who is destined for true stardom. He is destined to be great but not great in the eyes of the world, but in the eyes of God. And at such a sight, they open their treasures. Now, if we could only imitate these three wise men, these three kings, these three magi. You see, with the Christmas season ending, tomorrow with the baptism of the Lord, with the new year having set it, set its sails, we're already underway of this new year. And as we enter into the ordinary time, we may ask ourselves, what now? What do I do now? With all the ex excitement and celebration of Christmas having dwindled, everyone begins to kind of go back to their normal routines. And we come to a place where the show has stopped when the ordinary becomes normal for us again, and when all the hype isn't there to stimulate us, to keep us going. And therefore, we have to challenge ourselves over and over and over again. And so this beautiful feast of the Epiphany, I think, kind of allows us to be encountered by God in a very unique way. And it kind of gives us, pun intended, some guidance. The guidance of a light of how we should proceed with our life from this moment. We imitate the kings. We seek, we find, and we open. Just like the three wise kings, every day we must be eager to seek Jesus. And seeking Jesus doesn't mean waiting for just him to appear, but it means going after him. It means seeking Him. It means taking our energy and putting into finding Him. To seek Him in prayer. 
to seek him in the face of others, constantly seeking his face, as the psalm says. And we say with the psalmist again, another psalm, hide not your face from me, Jesus. Show me your face. We seek him in the Eucharist. We seek him in the sacrament of confession. We seek him in the scriptures. We seek him in the rosary. We seek him, yes, in the silence. We seek him so as to experience the beauty of divine intimacy. An intimacy that is an encounter with a person, not just an idea. A person to person. God to creature. Savior to the saved. King to his servant. Bridegroom to his bride. And we seek him, yes, in our husband and in our wife. We seek him in our children. We seek him in our brothers and our sisters. We seek him in our neighbor, especially the one that's in need. You see, my brothers and sisters, that we'll never be able to find him, though, if we do not allow him to lead us as the star led the wise man. You see, that's why we need to call down the Holy Spirit every day and simply say, come, Holy Spirit, guide me. And we say those words with such faith. He fills us anew every day so that we have the energy to seek him so that we may find him and we can be overjoyed as the three kings were. He is our star. And my brothers and sisters, Jesus said it, not me. All who seek will find. And upon finding though, what is our response? Uh, Hey, Jesus, how are you doing today? I guess I'll just give him, you know, one hour on Sundays. Or is our response like the three wise men, like the three kings? When we seek him, when we find him, we open our treasures to him. We open that, that which contains our treasure. We sit before him and open to him our hearts. And so the question is, what gifts are you offering to Jesus? Are you offering anything? Because the greatest gift you can give him is your heart. The greatest gift you can give him is your life. And that's no fluffy statement. That's real. It's practical. It's meaningful. And you see, when you give Jesus your heart, you become like the wise man, because guess what? They went home a different way. And so when we find Jesus, we truly go back home to heaven a different way than the world tells us. We go home the way he told us to, the way he commands us to, the way he asks us to. You see, seeking him, finding him, and opening our hearts is supposed to be an encounter with him not simply just an exam of right and wrong. In the prophet Isaiah's prophecy we heard today, we hear words spoken to Jerusalem, but I think they can also be applied to Christ. Listen again to what Isaiah said. As though speaking to Jesus who lays in the manger, 
as though speaking to Jesus, who's in the Holy Eucharist. Raise your eyes and look about, Jesus. They all gather and come to you. Your beloved come to you. Raise your eyes to see us. Look at us. He continues, Then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb and overflow, for the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. My brothers and sisters, the Lord Jesus becomes radiant. His most sacred heart throbs. It beats with life, with love. It overflows with joy because the treasures of our heart are laid open before him. We give Jesus joy. We express to him our thoughts, our desires, our longings, because he wants to hear about them. Yes, he already knows them, but he wants us to express them. That is prayer. If we become bored in prayer, it's because we're not doing that. We're not opening our hearts. We're not opening our treasures. We're not offering ourselves as a gift to him. Because your longings, your desires, what's going on in your life, that's what he wants. That's what brings him joy. And my brothers and sisters, that is the riches that Jesus wants. So what are you offering? In just a few minutes, I'm going to stand at the altar. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Because I'll say it to each and every one of you. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. My sacrifice and yours. Your sacrifices, your joys, your sufferings, your works, your prayers. These are the riches of the earth that Jesus longs to be offered to him. And when we do, we please his most sacred heart. It begins to beat with life and love. It begins to be overjoyed at the riches presented to him because you offer yourself. So what now? How do we go from this Christmas season into the ordinary routine of daily life? We seek him. We find him. And then we open our treasures. We open our hearts to him every single day. And we offer him the greatest gift. And that is our life.